Lord, we bless our treasures, our children, as they go to their lessons and their time together. We pray that you'd bless us also as we seek for your treasure and your word in this time. Thank you that you are so faithful. Thank you that you provide all that we need. Thank you that we can trust you no matter where we go. That you are faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Any of you ever been uncomfortable? But do you like being uncomfortable? Yeah, me neither. Um, but God does sometimes have some uncomfortable things for us. And he's got in those uncomfortable things some treasures to provide for us. Um, so 2023 is our year to seek treasure. We've been going through that theme in four different directions. This is the last direction. We've also had heard from Pastor Justin, Pastor Sylvia, adding on to that. Um, we're going to be hearing in the next three weeks from Pastor Stanley and Pastor James and Pastor Ludwig uh, about whatever they want to preach about. Um, but uh, possibly that theme, possibly something else. But, and I'm going to be on my way to East Africa on Tuesday. So uh, I've been a little uncomfortable uh, getting ready for this trip. And uh, oh, there's something in this trip that I'll be gone for three weeks, so I appreciate your prayers. And, uh, but there's something in this trip, there's a reason to do this trip. There's a reason why we do some things that are uncomfortable for us. Um, so a year to seek treasure, we've been, we've been talking about looking for treasure down, up, in and out. In our house of prayer for all nations, we talked about God coming down with his revelation, with his presence, that we're true to the word and alive in the spirit, that that's the foundation for our understanding. We seek treasure up in prayer because the Lord is the treasure. He fills the house. So we see that house where God is present, like the temple, like the tabernacle, like Bethel, where God is present, coming down and up, and we experience his presence. And we respond to that presence because the Lord is the treasure. The Lord is here. So we're responding with prayer and worship. And we're a house of prayer for all nations. We say that all the time. Because that's who we feel like God has called us to be. And in that is all that stuff of the house of God, the Bethel, where God is present. But it's prayer also for all nations. And a house of prayer. So we talked about treasure in the last time i talked about authentic community that place where we can be people of grace where we can welcome people we don't have to edit our story where we can be real with each other because of god's grace not that we we, we welcome all of us every one of us as we need god's grace and we let god transform us into what he wants us to be um, so that authentic community then we talked about as we, again, these values came out of the uh, time we had with the leaders, 38 leaders together, and they listed things that were values. And one of the things that came up as a value was outreach. People also talked about missions. This is a church that does a lot of outreach, that does a lot of missions, that's connected a lot of different places. Abigail Singendo was part of our congregation. She's in Uganda with her husband and her kids and uh, doing work in uh Uganda Christian University there, helping them with their online programs, doing stuff for kids in the neighborhood. That's just kind of normal for us. 
And a lot of us have also come from the nation. So we're a place where last year was our year to overflow. That river of God's, in, in Ezekiel it talks about the river of God's life flowing out of the place of God's presence, out of the temple. The river of his life, of his blessing, coming out of his presence and flowing out beyond and bringing life wherever it went. So it's not just about being an authentic community among us, but it's about God's presence among us overflowing beyond us to bless our neighbors and the nations, our community and our communities. It's also about hospitality. That was another word that was mentioned a lot as we talked about the, the value and, and what people see in Bethel Christian Place Fellowship, a place where the door is always open. That the door, that the golden door there in uh, Dwayne's depiction has got, got that sense of, of got something special inside there. But the door, the gate is always open. Um, you know, some of our, our people out here have a, have a sign that says gatekeepers. Don't take that the way that we think about our world. That, that's a place where we shut the gate. It's, it's hosting. It's opening the gate for everyone. So this is a place where we want to have the door always open. Now, it's true we need to lock the door sometimes at night because people would come in and steal some of the stuff. But in our hearts, in our lives, we want to live with an open door policy to everyone because we want the overflow of God's blessing to be flowing through us and out, and we want to be welcoming in everyone with God's grace. So I want us to think about that. As I, as I thought about that outreach and hospitality, I realized that that was an out thing. That's, that's not what happens within our community. But it's out. Hospitality from those outside and outreach and missions to those out there. And I thought, well, who are we going out to? So that, that combination of out and in the, the outreach and missions, this is a great missions church, outreach to, to people blessing the nations in so many ways, in our neighborhood as well, and hospitality and welcoming people, all kinds of people um, among us. So, but I thought about that. I thought, out to who? And actually, this is where the theme came from, was as I meditated on that out to who, I thought about, who is it that we're thinking about when we think about going out? And I thought, we're probably thinking about the nations. And we're thinking about going out to the nations. We may also be thinking about the needy, people who, who are needy and need something in some way. And we may also be thinking about non-Christians and, and, and evangelism and helping them know about Jesus. And as I thought about that, I thought, sometimes we also conflate those and assume that uh, the nations are non-Christians. Assume, you know, the, the perspective we had about deep, dark Africa and all the, uh, you know, that, but actually Africa's full of Christians now. And we're grateful for all the missionaries they're sending to us. Um, we sometimes put those together, and then what we think about them is other. Not us, but those other people. The, the needy people the non-Christians, the nations. And when we think about that, we tend to relate 
from pride or fear. So either we want to we wanna lock the doors, close gates, put up a wall to keep those people, those needy people from getting our stuff, for example, those nations from invading us, um, those non-Christians from pushing their values on us, and we get that fortress mentality that we've said, we're not a fortress here. We're a force. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church as it breaks down the gates of hell. So, but we tend to relate from a place of either fear that they're going to, those needy people are going to get our stuff or uh, the nations are going to come and change us or, or else pride about how, you know, we're going to go and give them all that we have all of our knowledge, all of our righteousness, all of our goodness. Because we're good Christian people. You following me? Now maybe it's just implied and implicit in some of the ways that we talk. But we tend to think of out to the other in those kind of ways, I think. You think so? Okay, I do, sometimes. Um, but let's think about out to who? To the nations. The needy and the non-Christians. But if they're treasure, that changes the whole perspective, right? If I'm going out to find treasure, if I'm on a treasure hunt to see what in the world God would have for me out there, what God would have for us, that changes it, doesn't it? If I'm looking at the outside of that rock and saying, oh, I hope that rock doesn't get in my... If I can see the treasure, that changes. How we go out. How we welcome in. Right? We see God's image in those people. We see people who are reflecting God because he made them. We see nations that are reflecting God because he made them. And we relate with love your neighbor as yourself. So instead of other, we see a neighbor. This morning as I was studying for, the, for this, uh, you know, preaching, and I'm looking across the street. Am I seeing those non-Christians, those people who aren't married and live together? Are there those, or am I seeing neighbors? Friends, people we help out, people we, people we uh, share garden produce and shovel each other's driveway sometimes. And are they neighbors? Relate with love, loving your neighbor as much as you love yourself, which is different than pride and fear, right? Very different. So non-Christians, when we think about non-Christians, the non-Christians are neighbors, treasures made in the image of God. Not those other labels you put on. Not, they're in need of grace and hope. They're like us. They're not a different tribe. So sometimes we say non-Christians, we say it like it's a tribe. That's not our tribe. You getting me? Rather than people who are made in the image of God, who need his grace, who haven't discovered his grace as in quite the same way. Jesus died for all of us. 
right? Romans 5 says this. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Did Christ die for the ungodly? Is that you? Yes. And that's them too. That's us. We're the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't die for us because we were so good. Not because you're so wonderful. It's, you were still a sinner when he died for you. And so are the people you're thinking about. We're non-Christians. Since we've been justified by his blood, made just and righteous, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, can you think of your enemies in a way that you would die for them? I mean, that's totally foreign to our concept. Right? You, you kill your enemies to defend yourself. But no, Jesus died for his enemies. And he said, I came not to serve, but not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. If we take that posture toward the world around us, toward the people around us, that we came to serve, because Jesus came to serve and to give his life, that kind of seeking treasure will be amazing to people around us. They don't think we think of them that way. I don't know why that is. <laughs> but we need to act that way. So, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more have we been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You see where the boasting is coming from? Not from me, how great I am. No, no, I'm an enemy, a sinner, a but God's grace, I can boast about God, right? What about the needy? Jesus said this, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Because they often herded the goats and sheep together. But when they got someplace, they put the sheep over here, goats over there. He will put the sheep on his right you guys sat in the right spot today? And the goat's on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. There's that hospitality. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. You didn't say, oh, I, these are criminals. You came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did you see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? We don't remember. The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So Jesus doesn't see them as other. He sees them as brother and sister, the needy. So now, 
this can be a little bit confusing. It's like, well, I thought we were saved by grace, and now it seems like he's saying here that we're saved by, by doing all the right things to the poor. Um, part of what you have to realize is that as you read through Matthew, he talks about the least of these a lot. He talks about brothers and sisters. He talks about when you go out on mission, you're going to be the least of these. You're going to beat up. You're going to be, and, and you're going to have all of these needy, neediness. And, but if people welcome you in, even give you a cup of cold water, they've welcomed me. So these are not just any needy people. This is Christians. These are people who are followers of Jesus, who are brothers and sisters of his. That's the way that word is used there. So that the, the relationship with fellow brothers and sisters who are needy is about a relationship with Jesus. Relationship with his brothers and sisters. Are you following me? So it's also our response to Jesus as well as our response to the needy. Now, we also need to, of course, give to the needy who are not Christians also. But, so anyway, there, the point is that the least of these, those people who you're like, I don't know, he's a felon. I don't know if I want him, especially I don't know if I want to go visit him. You know, the, 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 the poor person, the addict, the whatever label you want to put on needy people. Jesus says, they're your brothers and sisters. So out to who? To the nations, to the needy, to the non-Christians. Not other, but brother and sister. So um, it was good uh, talking to Pastor Ludwig often gives me some, some great stuff. And uh, we were talking about, I don't know, racism and some of the things going on and and Pastor Ludwig said to, to me and us, he said, I don't need allies. You're my brother. You're my sister. And that's the truth. And recently he said something else that was quite a compliment. He said, Pastor Steve, you've never seen me as a Haitian. Doesn't mean I don't know he's Haitian. It's just I know he's a treasure to me and to us as an elder among us, as a leader of our Haitian Christian fellowship, as a, as a brother in Christ. He's a treasure that God sent here and has blessed us incredibly. And, and so are each of you, wherever you came from. You're a treasure that somehow we've been blessed with. And there's more treasures out there that we could go discover and welcome. So the nations, um, Genesis 12, 1 to 4, you remember, God says, go to Abraham Leave your country, your people, your comfort zone, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. He doesn't even know where he's going. And then I will make you a great nation. Bless those who bless you. Curse those who curse you. I'll protect you. And all families on earth will be blessed through you. So there's a combination of becoming a treasure in of a nation and blessing all the families and all the nations of the world. And that's repeated in um, Exodus 19 to the people of Israel. And then Matthew 28 picks up that same theme. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. There's this making disciples of all nations is the point. Going is one of the ways we do it. Baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is one of the ways we do it. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you is another way we do it. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
Does anybody know that it's uncomfortable to be going? A trip is not really comfortable. I, I've been a little, uh, I like to control things, and trips are uncontrollable, especially when you're in Africa. So I've been getting ready like, oh, man, we got this. Tuesday we fly out, we have a 50-minute layover in Amsterdam. My daughter was smart. She, did, uh, she just planned that if I miss my flight uh, to Ghana, I'll, uh, she, her flight was a little delayed in, in New York, so of course she missed her flight in, Am in Amsterdam, so she had a day in Amsterdam. So she called up a friend who she used to pray for her a lot and who got saved, and she goes, went and saw her friend. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll go to Belgium and see Trent and Julie. If we but then got everything backed up because it's a, such a short trip, with, some, with especially Bob and Julie Reese who are going with us. So I'm threatened, like, well, if we do that, then we've only got one day in Kenya, then we've got to get up and drive 10 hours and we go, when are we going to do it in jet lag? We're also, everybody's got plans to go see orphanages and this and that. We've got to go get the car. And I mean, all this. And I know that nothing is controllable in Africa, really. And of course, here, as one of my Africans says, we say, have the illusion of control. We do a good job of the illusion of control. The last few years has shaken our illusion. Maybe it'll disillusion it a little bit about how much control we have. It sure made us mad. And I got to remember, God is with me. Where going? When I'm going, when I'm in my uncomfortable spot, is where God is with me. And I, I remember all the things that have happened, all the border issues, all the car issues, all the issue issues, looking for water, whatever. But I also got to remember all the ways God was faithful, was there, was with me. All the, yeah, I was up having panic attacks in the middle of the night and all that, but God was with me anyway, even when I couldn't tell. God was faithful. And there's two pieces of the going. We'll get to Acts 17 when I come back, but um, there Paul says, he, God set the borders of the nations so that people might seek him. And so the going part is so that the nations might know. It's also so that we might know when we get uncomfortable, so we might seek him because, oh man, I really got to seek God. If I keep my routine careful enough, enough money in the bank, keep things careful, maybe I don't have to seek him. I can just depend on myself. Works for a while. Then a health thing, then a relationship thing, then something else comes along, and maybe God graciously provided that so we could seek him. I'm with you always. His presence. When Jacob is running away, sleeping on a rock, God's with him. When we're uncomfortable, God's treasure. So I, I want to flip back to some of the scriptures we did last time about in and show that there's also the out. So you're my own special treasure from among all peoples on earth. For all the earth belongs to me, and you're a kingdom of priests to be between all the nations and myself. Added to the church the fellowship, and they were, we talked about how they were sharing everything, and all the while God was adding to the koinonia, the fellowship, the partnership, the sharing, those who were being saved. And they let them in to share their food of those people. Every day. More people. What are we going to do with all the food? There's more people. Yeah. Okay. Great. Get to share. 1 Peter 2. Uh, speaking of that, just an aside, um, Abigail mentioned that it's dry. It's dry in Tanzania. A lot of people skipping meals. As there's, uh, corn is three times the price it was just a few months ago. 
And it's still not raining. It should be raining now. And so be praying for them. And thank you for your giving um, to the widows and orphans. And we added to that uh, with some others, and $5,800 was sent. Um, it's being distributed. So um, we share, and it's tricky to share when people are right next to you. Most of us have our gates and our borders to keep people far, far away. So we don't have those kinds of neighbors that can climb our fence, right? But we get to share with brothers and sisters and with other people who are needy and who are a treasure to bless us. So we're going, I was talking to John Wesley, and he's such an encouragement. Uh, he was just so great the way he, we were, I got a chance to talk to him, and he doesn't always get on WhatsApp. And he was just saying, yeah, come over and share. I said, I don't know if there's time to spend money on a trip. And he said, come share life with us. So we get this chance to go see the treasure that you all have been investing in for almost 30 years. So 1 Peter 2, you're not like that for your God's chosen people, your royal priests, the holy nation, God's very own possession. We talked about that treasure that God sees in us. But it goes on and says, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness and into light. Right? We also are just as much and we can show god's goodness ephesians 2 we talked about how you're a house built carefully joined together becoming a holy temple for the lord but remember this was the nations you gentiles you nations are no longer strangers and foreigners you we are the nations by the way we are the needy by the way we are the ones receiving god's grace daily just as non-christians need to by the way, right? What's amazing about First Peter is he's talking to Gentiles and saying, you are God's treasured possession. You are the people chosen for his name. Here he's saying, you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners, but citizens along with God's holy people, members of God's family. We had to be welcomed in. God discovered the treasure in us. Through him, the Gentiles, the nations, are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Your brick, your nation brick, is put together. Your treasure has been added. This one I talked about. We have treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. We're hard-pressed. But it's so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Why don't you just see that you're called to be a nation so that you can bless the nations. We're called to be God's people so we can bless the peoples. Outreach and missions is that overflow. And I wanted to, uh, I want to mention this, this text. When we get to the end, Revelation 22, 21, 22. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed. That gate is always open. The gates will never be closed, even at the end of day, because there's no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. 
Then the angel showed me a river with water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the land, and it flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each season. Leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. But I want you to see that the gate's always open because the treasures of the nations are coming in. And I see that happening here in this Congregation. The treasures of the nations are coming all the time here. Wow. And in our city. Wow. God is... First, we have to remember that the church is multi-ethnic, every culture, all over the place. It's growing in Latin America and Asia and Africa and many places. So we're blessed to have missionaries coming here. Yes, missionaries. And we're blessed to have immigrants going there, like me. Notice how we, how we switch words there? We usually word, use the word immigrant, implying somebody who's needy from the nations. We use missionary to imply somebody who's got a lot of stuff to go help those people. Right? They're the same thing. God's migrating us around so that he can bring his treasures to some place and so that when we're uncomfortable, either because we have to go someplace or because we have to welcome somebody who's different from us, you get to depend on him. Right? And I love being in this church where that is happening. Every Sunday, we're welcoming people. New people, old people, people been with us. We're part of us. And sending people and sending resources and sharing around the world. This is a house of prayer for all nations. Would the, would the worship team come up? So grateful that we get to welcome people. This congregation is called to be a house of prayer for all nations. And that means an out to find treasure. And an in to discover and bless and receive treasure. You are a treasure that has been given to us. And there is more treasure to discover out there with our brothers. John Juice texted me something this morning. He said, oh yeah, I'm going to see you. He, he likes to call me his brother from a different mother. He's... He, he says he was left in the oven of the longer. He's Sierra Leone and was one of my PhD colleagues in, in uh, uh, faculty at, at AIU. And uh, yeah, he's my brother from a different mother. Um, there's treasure, and I'm excited to go see the treasure. Oh, by the way, some people wanted to pray for us. This is the time. Come, come pray for Jan and I. We're also going with Todd and Tamara Rasmussen. So, um, but let's um, give it a benediction. Uh, Lord, we are grateful. So grateful for your calling to us to be part of what you've been doing for thousands of years from the beginning and from Abraham and from Moses and what you're doing around the world in every nation. So Lord, today, as we go from this place, we go filled with the presence of Yahweh, God, the Father, 
Jesus who died for us while we were still his enemies. And the Holy Spirit who fills us and leads us out to discover the treasure that you have in our walk in these next weeks. Jesus, open our eyes. Open our hearts. Open our lives so that we can share and discover your treasure. In Jesus' name, amen.